0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> unnecessary, roughness. unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q.
1: And today, Raider Nation, we come to you live from Canton, Ohio, which is the scene of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Don't know if you're on Twitter, don't know if you're on social media, but I've seen that the Raiders have arrived at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the actual building. They're about to take a walkthrough and check out everything that's going on. And uh, it's a pleasure to be back. You know, this is the second year in a row that Raider Nation Radio 920 has been here in Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and couldn't be happier. And I'm telling you right now, even though there was a large celebration uh, a year ago, I could tell this celebration this year is even larger. It's going to be even larger than it was a year ago. And why can I say that? Because the minute that I got on the plane last night, late last night, about 11 o'clock in Las Vegas at, uh, at the airport and flew into Cleveland, Ohio, There was nothing but Raider fans. I had multiple Raider fans on uh, the plane that I was on, including former Raider linebacker Jerry Robinson. He actually sat right next to me, and uh, we kind of talked throughout the course of the flight, and uh, it was a red eye, and so we tried to get a little shut eye, and that didn't really happen that that well, but uh, it was an interesting flight. I'll tell you all about it, because I always have interesting flights. Nothing could ever be smooth, so I'll tell you uh, all about that later on in the show, but as we arrived at the Cleveland airport and walked to the baggage claim, you see Raider hats, you see Raider shirts, you see Raider this, Raider that, Raider this, Raider that. There is a large contingency of Raider Nation already here in Canton, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Akron, Ohio. I mean, wherever the case is, that is uh, it is getting full and packed up right now with Raider Nation, and it is only Wednesday. Can you imagine when tomorrow the actual game gets going and a lot of folks arrive in town and then of course prepare themselves for the celebration that will be Friday and obviously on Saturday as well for the enshrinement ceremony of Cliff Branch and also Richard Seymour. So that's going down. We're very happy to be here. Got a shout out to Subaru of Las Vegas for helping us get here. We definitely appreciate their efforts and uh, we're going to bring you wall-to-wall coverage of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're going to bring you wall-to-wall coverage of Cliff Branch. We're going to talk to as many people as possible about Cliff and about the Hall of Fame and uh, get started this afternoon. So very excited about that. Of course, the morning tailgate, Vinnie Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, uh, they are here as well. They arrived a little bit after me. They picked up their credentials and Ready to rock and roll. So, tomorrow morning when you hear the tailgate, Clay Baker will be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, but Vinny and Heidi will both be here representing. In, uh, in Canton, Ohio, JT the Brick will be on the pregame show tomorrow uh, as the Raiders will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Hall of Fame game. So uh, Harry Ruiz, who did a really good job filling in this afternoon, will fill in for an hour. And then uh, myself and DeMond will take over from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock and uh, kick it off and hand it off to JT the Brick and Eric Allen for the official pregame show. The very first pregame show of the 2022 preseason. And then after that, they'll pass the sticks on to new play-by-play voice, Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy, for their first broadcast as well. I don't think I was in uh, Canton, Ohio, or at least Cleveland, Ohio, from the airport. I think I was here uh, maybe about 20 minutes, and I ran into Just Win Wendy. Remember, she called the show yesterday and said, hey, you know, I'm going to be uh, getting off the plane probably around the same time as you. Maybe there's an opportunity that we'll run into each other. Well, we on our way to go get our rental cars. Uh, all of a sudden, I see... Here comes Just Win Wendy walking right up the sidewalk, and I was sitting there right in front of the the rental car uh, shuttle. And uh, so, yeah, me and Just Win Wendy uh, were able to talk and chop it up for a few minutes, take a selfie or two. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Raiders head coach, he's being celebrated here in the area since he is from this area. There was a a big uh, a big sign welcoming Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels. I also went to the school earlier to go pick up my credential and it was the, uh, the elementary school that Josh McDaniels had attended and uh, they had him represented in the little trophy case. So I thought that that was pretty cool as well. So I was able to check that out and, there's a lot of representation. I mean, there really is, so it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, matter of fact, Lehman Middle School, uh, to be exact, that was a school that has Josh McDaniels, multiple pictures of him with uh, trophies, with the Lombardi Trophy in their, uh, in their trophy case. So uh, Josh McDaniels is being celebrated, the Raiders are being celebrated, and, of course, Cliff Branch is being celebrated. So uh, got a big-time show for you today, uh, very excited about it. I will tell you that I don't think I've had any sleep yet, which is okay. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're on one of these kind of trips, sleep is uh you know not really even necessary. But coming up in a matter of minutes, about two ten, we're gonna have Jim Porter, the Hall of Fame president for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's gonna be joining the show just to talk about the festivities that are going on this week. Talk about the fact that the enshrinement is actually at at noon Eastern time, nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time, where it used to be around seven o'clock in the evening. So he'll talk about that. Talk about Cliff Cliff Branch. Talk about the twenty twenty two class. That's going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's going to come up in a matter of minutes. That'll be the opening drive for today's show. Then at 2.30, Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com put out a really good piece about uh, Cliff Branch being uh, taking, taking so long to get into the Hall of Fame but what he meant to the game of football. So we'll talk to Frank coming up at 2.30. Uh, excited about that conversation. 3 o'clock, we'll have uh, cover three NFL news and notes of the day, just a couple scatter-shooting uh, scatter uh, scatter notes including Deshaun Watson and the fact that the NFL has appealed that six-game suspension. So uh, buckle up. You're going to be in for a long one now. If you thought that Tom Brady and Deflategate, that was a long process. If you thought Zeke Elliott and his suspension uh, a few years back was a long process, this is going to be a very long process. So uh, just buckle up for that. But the NFL has officially filed for an appeal of that six-game suspension that was just rolled out a couple days ago. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But we'll talk about that coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, Trey Wingo, he's the Chief Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, we talked to him a year ago, you know, when I was here for Tom Flores and Charles Woodson in Canton, Ohio. That was one of the first times we had him on Unnecessary Roughness, and he joined the show to talk about the Hall of Fame, joined the show to talk about Coach Flores. Well, he's going to join the show to talk about Cliff Branch. And also, uh, not only are we are going to talk about Cliff Branch with uh, Trey Wingo, we're also going to talk about this year's upcoming Raiders team and how Devontae Adams, even though he's not the same style of a difference maker and a big-time playmaker that Cliff Branch was, but just what he brings to the table as far as a playmaker for Derek Carr and this team and what Josh McDaniels could do with him in this uh, Raiders offense. So we'll talk to Trey Wingo coming up at 3.30, all things Raiders, and more importantly, all things Cliff Branch, and then at four o'clock we'll take a little bit of a shift. We'll make a, a right turn, and we'll talk to my guy, my buddy John Morris. He's the voice of the Baylor Bears, and you're probably wondering, well, why am I talking to the voice of the Baylor Bears? Well, uh, Vince Scully, when I was at the airport last night, waiting for uh, waiting for my flight to head this way, Vince Scully passed away. And Vince Scully lived a very long life. He was in the broadcast game for a very long time, 67 years. Uh, he, he was he was the greatest to ever do it. I'll just put it out there like that. You didn't have to be a Dodger fan to respect and love what Vince Scully brought to the table as far as the broadcast goes. And so uh, the reason why I'm going to have John Morris on is because uh, there was a time when I was in Central Texas, and he had his show, the voice of the Baylor Bears was always that he had a one-hour show that he did on our radio station every day. And one day he was just talking and talking and talking on air about Vince Scully and what he meant to him. So as soon as I heard the news last night about Vince Scully, I immediately thought of my good friend John Morris. So I reached out to him today and uh, said, hey, I got to get you on the show just to talk about Vince Scully, what he meant to you, how he kind of helped shape who he was, and uh, all that good stuff. So John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears, will join us at 4 o'clock. So now that you know all the guests coming up on the show today, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
1: And to help us kick off the opening drive here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 is the Pro Football Hall of Fame President, Jim Porter. And Jim, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. I'm here in Canton, Ohio. I'm excited about all the festivities that are going to happen this week around the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I saw the Raiders' Just arrived not too long ago to have a walk through, but for you, Jim, as the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what does this week mean to you?
2: Oh, uh, you know, this, this is a great week. And first of all, thanks. For, I appreciate it very much. But uh, you know, I'm I, I usually start these conversations with the fact that I can you know, being part of this for literally the last fifty some years, and uh, every single year is special, and every single class is. It's shaping up to be just a great weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm. A, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a great weekend. Of course, we're uh, we're here celebrating Cliff Branch. We're celebrating Richard Seymour. And I know it's taken a long time for Cliff Branch to get in, but he's finally in. So, how how in your mind, just knowing the game of football, seeing it like you've seen it, how is Cliff Branch? How did Cliff Branch help shape the game of football?
2: Oh, geez, you know, I mean, when when you talk about Cliff Branch, and you're right, it took him a while a while to get in, but when you start looking at his stats and on and and you know, yeah, he stretched the game obviously, um, and and when and when you look at his stats, you, you say, okay, um, he, he's a member of 362, and he deserves to be a member of the 362.
1: That's unbelievable. That there's that. That that many, but that little amount of, of of members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Knowing all the the players that have played in the league, knowing that there's only 362 members, and and Cliff Branch is going to be one enshrined on Saturday. Just, I mean, what does that mean when you know that it's such a small fraternity there uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh,
2: during the honor show, of course, and then we have all the the new class members in.
1: Go ahead, Damon, De- 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 Let's see if we can reconnect because he's he's really good, and I don't want to I don't want to miss out on on what he has to say. And his phone was seemed like it was cutting up a little bit, so maybe we can uh, disconnect and call him right back. I really don't want to miss out uh, with the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, that's just uh, unfortunate. Sometimes cell phones do that. Uh, so hopefully, we can get him to reconnect. Uh, but man. 362 members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's nothing, right? (laughs) That is nothing compared to – it sounds like a lot, but it's not when you think about all the players that have come across the league, right? I mean, right now in the Raiders training camp, think about this. In the Raiders training camp right now, there's 90, (laughs) right? And so every team has 90 right now. They'll obviously cut it down to 53 at some point. But, I mean, there is so – Few people that call themselves elite of the elite to now be enshrined forever in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, uh, Cliff Branch is going to be one, and I know that it's bittersweet because he's not here to enjoy it, but... His family will, and Mark Davis is going to make it sure it's a huge bash. And so now joining us back on the phone lines is uh, Jim Porter, the Pro Football Hall of Fame president. And, Jim, sorry about that. The connection was getting a little bit shaky. But uh, the, the number, 362, that's a small amount of, of, of players, even though it sounds large, knowing all the players that have come through the, the NFL. I mean, just what does that represent, being the elite of the elite?
2: You know, so when, when we have a, when we have a new class, To know, the hall uh, and the city of Canton, you know, I bring up that 62 and the expression on their face is really incredible because when you think about it, you know, millions have played this game, of course, from the little leagues on up, but, but then you look at the, uh, you know, we, we, we put a park down in Canton, Ohio for the hundredth celebration of the NFL. And at that time we put every single player who's played in the league. So up through 1920 from 1920 to 2020, 25,474 folks, have uh, played football uh, in the league. And then you say, okay, 362 of them uh, are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And and then you start taking top players because, of course, that 362 includes coaches uh, and contributors. So it's really a finite number. It's very impressive.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And, and Jim, this uh, this ceremony on Saturday is going to take place at 12 noon Eastern, 9 Pacific time. Uh, what what went into the thought process when it came to, hey, let's change this from the traditional 7 o'clock in the evening to uh, now noon?
2: You know, we ask Hall of Famers to come back, and there's 109 uh, Hall of Famers coming back. And we want to make their schedule. It, it, the weekend's supposed to be about them and the new class coming in. So I wanted to make their schedule as easy for them. And, you know, some of these guys are are up there in age, and some of these guys want to go to the different parties that happen after the enshrinement. Mm -hmm. And this just really opens it up. But the whole idea was what is best for the returning Hall of Famers and the new class.
1: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and it's funny because it's uh, one of the first things I noticed as I was here last year for Tom Flores and Charles Woodson, and I said, oh, yeah, hey, it's, it's early, and you're right, those celebrations after the enshrinement are fantastic, and I know this one, especially for Cliff Branch that Mark Davis is throwing is going to be incredible. What is just your initial thoughts on the 2022 class that's going in on Saturday?
2: You know what, so uh, I got the honor of having this position back in October, so of course it's the first class, so for me, just that personal side of that, right? But I will tell you, these are high, high character folks. They're very humble, uh, great integrity. Uh, I've probably had maybe 80 conversations total with these, with all these new uh, Hall of Famers. I think I've heard the word I maybe 12 times because <laughs> they don't talk about themselves. They talk about their teams, their coaches, their their teammates. Uh, you know their teachers. It, it's just great to be around them. As a matter of fact, uh, you know I am I, the father of four girls, and I have brought the, the girls around around this. Class. You know the, the lessons that they can learn from from these guys, and, and, and it's been just an incredible experience for me and my family. But this great character, very deserving class.
1: Talking right now with the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Jim Palmer, here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Wanted to ask you just about some of the festivities that are going to go on this week and how you look at them, and how long does it take to really plan these all out? Because these are some big time festivities.
2: Well, you know, so so we start uh, we started today actually with the first play. We started in downtown Canton, where the where the league was founded. And we had three thousand kids line the roads from downtown Canton to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and toss the football all the way down and deliver it to myself, where I got to got to give it to uh, Jeff Bergman, who's the lines judge tomorrow night's game, and it's the game ball, and that started everything for us. Uh, and then we go all the way through until Saturday night's concert. Uh, but to be honest with you, the planning uh, uh, we started in October. Uh, <laughs> we took a look at, we, you know, we took a look at the things that. Uh, we maybe can improve in from the previous one, and we spent October doing that, and then the planning for the new one starting in November.
1: How awesome is that, you know, throwing the ball or tossing the ball with the 3,000 kids and handing it to you and you getting to be able to deliver it? How cool is that, and how, how fun was that for the kids?
2: Well, you know, the kids, it's great for the kids, and then they kind of follow the ball in, all kinds of activities on campus for them today and camp-type stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm a kid today. I mean, I, <laughs> I woke up this morning not understanding how cool it was until I did. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. I had no idea that that was one of the activities. And like I said, I know that there's so many different things that go into this week and what it means from the parade that's going to happen and, and everything else, you know, the, uh, the round table dinner and the, the gold jacket ceremony, just everything that goes on. But that. That's really cool right there. And so to see these Hall of Famers that have been in the Hall, that have already had their moment in the sun, you know, they've gotten their jackets and they come back, like you said, the 109 that are coming back, uh, how, how important is that, that you get that large attendance of, of uh, previous Hall of Famers to, co- to return each year?
2: Of ours this year. You know, our, our mission at the Hall is to honor the greatest of the game. And we want to make sure that when they come here they feel honored and I've really been working we've we've really been working hard on building a uh, reunion type atmosphere for these guys uh, making breaks in their schedules so they can spend time just with their with their fellow uh, brothers and teammates and their families can talk to each other and they can talk about their kids and their grandkids um, you know so so we kind of lighten the schedule so that it allowed time for them to to have a reunion-type atmosphere. And that's the biggest focus for me, to be honest with you. Honor this there's new class coming in, but make sure that these other guys feel honored and, and that, they, that they want to come back to Canton, Ohio, because it's just a great time to tell the fish stories and everything else that goes on at reunions.
1: You know, when I get out here and I'm driving around in my rental car and I'm around town, I just kind of look around at all the houses and I see the Hall of, Fla- uh, Hall of Fame flags flying. Uh, I see people, you know, putting the signs up But you can park on my grass or whatever. Just what is <laughs> what does that all mean for this community to have this event happen every single year right here in Canton, Ohio?
2: You know, there's such great pride in our community about the fact that the Pro Football Hall of Fame is here. You know, all of us who are from Stark County or Canton, you know, when we go on vacation or cruises – you know, people ask where we, you know, typical conversation, where you're from. You say Canton, Ohio, the first thing they say, oh my gosh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's only one Pro Football Hall of Fame in the world, uh, and, and, and we're lucky in Canton, Ohio to
1: have it. So we, we cherish it, and it means the world to all of us. We're all very proud of it. Yeah, I could tell. I can see the pride just in the community as I'm driving around, and it's it's fun from a guy that's on the outside just to just come in each and every year and be able to soak that in. I feel like I see something new each year when I come back. And final question for you, uh, Raiders head football coach Josh McDaniels, he is a native son from here, right? He's from Canton, Ohio. He played at Tom Benson Stadium. His dad coached him. I mean, all that happened right here uh, in this backyard. What does it mean for uh, head coach Josh McDaniels to return to Canton, Ohio?
2: You know, it, it, I just got a chance to uh, welcome him when they got when they got off the bus. They were uh, stopping at a Marion Motley uh, statue that he was instrumental in helping raise the money for. To be honest with you, um, nice. and we we unveiled that today. But it, it, it's a huge honor, and you know we're all proud of Josh and what what he's accomplished. And. You know, they, they, at, the, at the beginning of the year, uh, a couple teams were thrown out at us as the teams that wanted to play uh, the, the Hall of Fame game. And you know, my first choice was was let's bring Josh home for his first game. So, uh, as the head coach of the Raiders, so we're 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 excited for it. you. Got you got a lot of Raiders fans. You know, Northeast Ohio is known as uh, as Cleveland Browns territory, of course. But in Canton, Ohio, I saw a lot of Raiders jerseys on today from from familiar faces that live in Canton. So we're all proud of Josh.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Raider Nation's giving you two thumbs up, Jim. I think you made a good selection bringing Josh home for his first game. This is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night and, of course, the rest of the week as well. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on you know being the president there at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, again, thanks for your time. We'll see you this week, and uh, soak it in and enjoy it.
2: I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on the show. This was a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely, no problem. Thank you so much. Jim Porter right there, Pro Football Hall of Fame president, joining us just to give us a little bit of a lay of the land, get us started today on Unnecessary Roughness. And I know the phone was a little shaky here and there, but uh, you get the gist of it, man. This is a, a major, major event. And you know, it's so funny, This is, this is so massive. You know, it's hard for me to put it into layman's terms so anyone who may never come here understands it. But think about this, and I'm talking about the community here, what this means to this community here. Think about when, like, the fair, the massive fair that you have in your community comes to, you know, when it returns for the week in in, in whatever whatever week it is of the year when the fair returns, and – Everyone has folks, and maybe this, they don't have it in your neighborhood, but they used to have it, especially when I was in Fresno, uh, the big Fresno fair. We'd have it in uh, all the houses that lived anywhere near the fairgrounds would always have the signs on the yard saying, you know, $10 to park here, or whatever, and it was just a festive time, right? Everyone got excited. Oh, the fair is back or whatever. This is a, times a bazillion, right? I mean, it's, it doesn't even compare, but it's still that same community you know, outreach, that love, that feeling when they know, hey, it's it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's enshrinement week. I mean, this is going to be a big deal. When I went and got my car, when I was at the airport there in Cleveland, there was people that were trying to get rental cars. They're sold out. They're all sold out. So you have to get them early in advance or you're not going to get one. And it was so funny because, and this is at, what, 6 in the morning Eastern time, so 3 in the morning Pacific time. I'm at, the, I'm at the, the gate or at the, uh, the, the, the counter getting my car, and the lady told some other person, like, hey, the cars are sold out. And so I just said, sold out. That's the one thing people don't want to hear this weekend. And she said, this is Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend. Everything is sold out. And that is no joke. Rooms, cars, restaurants, I mean, everything is absolutely sold out. So not only does the community get excited when people come here and, and enjoy the Pro Football Hall of Fame and it's a sense of pride, but it's also it's a, such a huge financial gain for the community as well. It's one of those where you just know that this is going to be a big economic boost for the community as well. So these guys get super pumped up for it. And I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun just to drive around and see everything that's going on, especially around – the hall of fame, you know, you go to the little gas station or whatever, and everyone, Hey, how you doing? Where you coming from? You know, and it's just, everyone is pumped up and fired up and they know what time it is. They know what's going on all week long. You can see, uh, they have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, like new, new things around the, the, the Tom Benson stadium. There's just, it just seems like they continue to add on and add on and add on. So uh, I'm so excited to bring you all the sights and sounds that I could provide and JT could provide and Vinny and Heidi could provide. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to bring you everything and kind of have you up close and personal with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we definitely want to shout out to Subaru of Las Vegas for making it happen so we could be here as well. So uh, many thanks to uh, Jim Porter, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame for getting us started on today's show. Of course Raider Nation we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show Uh, we have Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com coming up in a matter of minutes but I do want to hear from you on the Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R or you can hit us up when we don't have a guest at 702 365 9200 It's all about Cliff, man. It is all about Cliff in my mind. So if you could send a message to the family of Cliff Branch, if you could call in or text in and pass us a a message and we could pass it along to the family of Cliff Branch on something that you'd like to say about him being enshrined forever, immortality forever, one of 362 forever into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what would you say? What message would you want us to pass along? We might be able to make it happen. I'm just saying. 702-365-9200. Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Let me see real quick. Let me hit up the text line. We got a couple text messages I wanted to get to. Geesmo said, Geez, Q, I never thought about the Hall of Fame like this, but after crunching the quick numbers the president just gave, the Hall of Fame members represent 1% of all the players that have played in the league. Literally the top 1%. Of the top 1% of athletes, coaches, and contributors in the world in recent history. Truly remarkable. And Cliff Branch is now one of them. Let's go Raiders. And so, yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. The, one, the top 1% of 1%. I mean, think about that. You know what I mean? Because every one of these guys that plays in the league, even when we say, oh, that guy's no good, <laughs> the guys that are in the league are elite, right? They are all at a, the top-notch level. But these guys that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame are even better. And like Mode said, coaches, contributors, players, all that, they are the best of the best of the best. And I know we get frustrated as Raider Nation. We get frustrated when uh, people that we think should be in don't get in when they should. Like Cliff Branch not here to celebrate it. Obviously Kenny Stabler wasn't either. Hopefully Lester Hayes gets in before, you know, it's too late with him. But, man, just to know that at some point they get in or or they they were in or they are in and just they're in forever, it does still mean a whole lot. So uh, definitely thank you so much for that text, Geese Mode. I do appreciate you. And like I said, you feel free to hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. If you could pass along a message to us that we could pass along to the family of Cliff Branch, what would you want it to say? 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
1: And I'm live right now in Canton, Ohio, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas. We definitely appreciate them. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line and said, "Uh, 920 a.m., I hope someday I'm able to visit Canton, Ohio and take in all of the NFL history. Please have a sip of whiskey while working during this special time. It's truly a memorable moment, especially because comes Saturday when Cliff Branch is inducted. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And uh, thank you so much for that text. We do appreciate you. And join us now on the phone lines to talk about the Hall of Fame and talk about one Cliff Branch. That's Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. And, Frank, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. You put out a great piece on Yahoo.com. Cliff Branch finally gets due as one of NFL's great deep threats. Frank, you wrote finally – why, in your opinion, did it take so long for Cliff to make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame here in Canton?
3: I think the the number one reason was his stats don't hold up in a new era. Like it, he just got caught in that you know it, the difference between you know a guy like Michael Thomas going out there and catching 147 balls in a season. It's just going to dwarf what Cliff Branch did if you're just looking at stats and not thinking about his impact on games the era. All that kind of stuff. So I really think that it was just the numbers. I think that the numbers—if you just look at the numbers—if you just look at the Pro Football Reference page, you would you would probably not put Cliff Branch in the Hall of Fame. But if you know you know how important he was to those really really successful Raiders teams, the three Super Bowl teams, the whole era of the '70s, you know the Cliff Branch impact of the game in in many many ways that maybe stats really don't tell the full story of.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, in your piece, you know, talking about, you know, kind of just changing the way that the game was played with the deep threats. And of course, he wasn't the only ones, but he was one of the first ones. And having the three Super Bowl championships that the Raiders have, how impactful was that, that he has those three rings and the organization has three rings?
3: Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's—I don't think it's a coincidence that he was part of all three of those teams. Right. <laughs> he, he's kind of the common thread there. And for him to go from Ken Stabler, who's who's now a Hall of Fame quarterback, who also had to wait way too long to get in, to Jim Plunkett, and he does the same thing. I, I think that that speaks volumes to who he was as a player, what impact he had on the Raiders. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's just different for receivers. Quarterbacks is easy. When you get rings, you're going in the Hall of Fame. Like I, I've said, and gotten some blowback, but. Matthew Stafford's going to the Hall of Fame someday. You know why? Because he's got a ring. And with quarterbacks, it's really all that matters. Eli Manning's going to get in someday, all this kind of stuff. But receivers, for some reason, we don't look at them the same way, even though, you know, Cliff Branch earned those rings. He was a big part of those teams. He was a a big part of their playoff runs. And I don't know why necessarily we don't look at them that way. I mean, it took Terrell Davis a long time to get in the Hall of Fame, too, and look at his postseason record. It's unbelievable. So... It's it's just different for non quarterbacks when we talk about rings. But at the end of the day, Cliff Branch was a huge part of that across many different eras. Across what was it eight different seasons? You know, from seventy six to eighty three, there's three Super Bowls in there. And Cliff Branch was the, the the common thread with all of them. So he deserves credit for that. And he really didn't get it until finally this year when he you know he got the call from the uh, from the senior committee to go in.
1: Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, and uh, as you pointed out in your piece as well, you know, Cliff didn't get out to a blazing start as a you know fourth-round pick out of Colorado. It took him a few years to find his footing, but uh, how much credit do you want, uh, should we give him? And again, I give him a lot of credit, I'm assuming, for being able to stick with it and continue to grind and get better and get better to end up being the guy that he, he is and ultimately will be going into the Hall of Fame with, you know, as that. That guy,
3: absolutely, and I mean, it's kind of funny. You think about it, compared to the modern day, where if a, a rookie for fourth round pick doesn't do anything for two years, he's gone. Like I mean, it, yeah. you got to be pretty pretty special to to keep on the roster for a third year when you've done nothing through two years. And it's always a little bit the same with Dick Vermeil. Another guy's going in the Hall of Fame. You look this first couple of years with the Eagles, like ah, eh, he, he might not have made a third year this <laughs> modern NFL. So give the Raiders credit for that too for. For understanding, hey, you know, we drafted Cliff Branch. We're going to bring him along. We understand the skills he has. And, you know, to John Madden and that staff for getting it all out of him and realizing, starting in 74, there that this is a guy who could tip the field in ways that. And you brought it up before and I wrote it, but I really truly think that Cliff Branch, as an innovator in the game, I mean,. It wasn't like, the, you know, you didn't see many guys until really Bob Hayes was the first. He was the first really notable deep threat in the game. And then Cliff Branch after him. These guys who could just stretch a defense and beat a team. I mean, Cliff Branch has a 99 yard touchdown on his resume at age 35, which I think is unbelievable. He was the kind of guy who could change a game with one play and the deep ball and how that stretches it stresses a secondary that started to become really a calling card of the NFL for a while and it started with Bob Hayes and it continued with Cliff Branch and Give the Raiders credit for seeing this is how Cliff Branch can make us a much, much better team, a championship team. So I give of course, Branch credit for sticking to it, getting better at his craft. you know when even when he probably had questions about himself after two years, he stuck with it. But the Raiders stuck with him too, and I think that's important organizationally to understand. they They understand what they understood what they had, and finally they, they reaped the rewards of that in year three of Cliff Branch's Cliff, Cliff Branch's career.
1: You know, Mark Davis was his best friend. He's throwing a heck of a party for him this weekend. Can't wait to see how that goes down. I mean, he was so excited. He got emotional just talking about Cliff. But if Al was here today, what do you think he would say about Cliff while uh, while he was up there talking about him going into the hall?
3: Yeah, and you could just I, – I mean, we, we kind of uh, – later in Al Davis was like, made fun of it a little bit about how – you know, who, who's the fastest receiver in the draft. He's going to – he's going gonna, to right. take him. But, I mean – Cliff Branch was exactly what Al Davis wanted at a football player. A guy who, you know, you could throw deep to and he could beat you instantly and change an entire game right now. And I think Al Davis would be so happy that Cliff Branch is in. Of course, you know, Al had that soft spot for any Raiders player who had been part of those three championship teams. And Cliff was part of all three. And you could just and not just that, but again, he played the style of football that Al Davis loved—that deep threat, the the long bomb. The, you know, I mean, it, it epitomized everything Al Davis wanted the Raiders to be. And Cliff Branch did it better than anybody the Raiders have ever had. I and mean, he was, he was the deep threat. And it's just such a, a great chemistry of him and Bolinikov too. I mean, early in Cliff Branch's career, you know, the guys who just how how could you guard those two guys? Two Hall of Fame you know, receivers in the lineup. So I, I just think Al Davis would be tickled that that one of his guys who who has three Raiders Super Bowl rings is going into the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. I could just imagine what that conversation would be like with Al, uh, Mark, and and Cliff Branch if they were all able to have that conversation at the same time. Again, we're talking with Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com, at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, One thing that, that Cliff Branch did really well that doesn't get talked about enough is the fact that he was a really good blocker, too. Right. He Mm -hmm. was he was downfield. He'd be blocking, helping uh, Marcus Allen, springing him for nice big runs. How how big was that? That not only was he a heck of a player, a playmaker himself, but he was also selfless where he'd be a heck of a blocker, too.
3: Yeah, and it, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, if you go back and look at Marcus Allen's famous run, one of the maybe the greatest run of all time yep. uh, back in the Super Bowl against Washington, it's Cliff Branch hustling downfield to get him that last block. Not maybe the Allen didn't need it because right. he's Marcus Allen, but Cliff Branch is down there blocking. He, he's you know, I mean, he's trying to spring his guy to get into the end zone. And he was a football player. I mean, uh, that's a you know, not always the case of all great receivers, as we know that they don't like the dirty work. I mean, I, I'm I'm. In Denver, and I know Raiders fans don't love the Broncos, but Rod Smith was the kind of guy like that. Where yeah. he yeah, you know, he caught a ton of passes, but he was also like, okay, tomorrow well, Davis is going to run for two hundred yards this, today, and I'm going to be a big part of that. And I think Cliff Branch had that same mentality where he was a football player. He wasn't just a guy, you know, running nine routes down the field and trying to catch a touchdown here and there. He was a guy who was going to get in there play And in that era, I mean, you know, the era of football was so much different back then. You had to, you, you had to excel at that. You know, I mean, you, you had to be a part of the blocking game because uh, the run game was such a big part of what everybody did in the 1970s and even early 80s. So, yeah, he was, he was again, he was a football player, he was a hall of fame football player, not a hall of fame deep threat, not a hall of fame receiver, but a hall of fame football player. He really, he just excelled at every part of the game, and, and it's great to see a guy like that get his just too, because, again like we talk about the jump. The the era is just it was just led to these guys get it. Drew Pearson it took a long time to get in because again with the changing in in NFL football and stats and all that kind of stuff, we look at like a Cooper Cup putting up you know more than two thousand yards last year combined with the playoffs, and it just you can't compare him to a Cliff Branchy and some these younger guys who are guys who don't you know follow history the NFL that much might look at Cliff I'm going and say he was nothing special, but. He was a great football player in his era, and he really dominated his era for w- with what he did.
1: And the guys that you mentioned, like the Bullet Bob Hayes and Cliff Branch, I mean, the game's not being played today if it wasn't for guys like that, right? I mean, those are the guys that originally stretched the field and showed what they can do. I mean, I look at the big-time playmakers now, like a Tyreek Hill, and of course the Raiders mm-hmm. just got Devontae Adams, and I know he's not the same type of player. Mm-hmm. But these guys are difference-makers that... They they worry opposing defenses, so that's just that's that's a game record in itself, even without the ball in their hands.
3: Oh, absolutely! I mean, and that's the thing: we have a Cliff Branch on the field or a Tyree Kill, like you said, modern day, or even a Devonte Adams. You every single play, you have to worry about where's Cliff Branch? We need a safety over the top. We I mean, or else Cliff Branch is going to run past and score a touchdown. Right. Uh, I mean, so I, it, that's the way. Those guys impact the game every single play that again doesn't necessarily show up in a stat sheet. Cliff Branch could have had a huge impact on some of those Raiders' wins catching two or three balls because every single play he lines up, the safety's figuring out, okay, where's Cliff? <laughs> because I, I ain't going to let him get over the top of me. I need to be aware of him, and it opens up running lanes. It opens up underneath stuff. It's, it, it's incalculable. How much of an impact Cliff Branch had on every game he played because he was he, once he again going back 1974. Once he established himself as that guy who could take top off a of defense, you had to account for him every single play after that. Even in his mid 30s, and I think his longevity doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, again, he was 35 years old, I believe, in 1983. Still balling, still a big part of a Super Bowl team. How many 35-year-old deep threats you see still having that impact in the NFL? It's very, very rare. That's a part of his game that goes unnoticed a lot, but he did it from, for more than a decade. The NFL defenses had to line up and say, where's Cliff Branch because we need to be worried about him every single time he's on the field.
1: Yeah, I mean you're right about that. You know the 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 highlight that you talked about the 99 yard uh, catch that he had from Jim Plunkett. I mean, what he ran about 20 yards on a on a pulled hammy. I mean, you know, I mean that yeah, right. He, he wasn't even healthy. He wasn't even 100 healthy on that play. I mean, pulled a hammy and still just broke away and just showed that just incredible speed. And I mean, that's the definition of speed kills. Was was Cliff Branch.
3: Absolutely, and I, I mean, when I was, you know, reading up on Cliff again, I obviously know about Cliff Branch, but I was yep. reading some more about him in, you know, writing the story, and he said at age 69 he could run a 4.640. That's unbelievable. I just <laughs> think about that. Like, this dude out here is almost 70 years old, uh, just smoking people. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's a great part of the, the Cliff Branch legacy, too, that, I mean, again, I, I think the fact that he was so good deep into his 30s playing the style of play he had, just, you know, as a speed guy mostly – the fact that he was still good into his 30s, a from 4640 into his 60s, is just absolutely unbelievable.
1: That is incredible. Again, we're talking with Frank Schwab right now from yahoo.com here on NSA Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. As I let you go, Frank, uh, when when uh, Mark Davis goes up there on Saturday, he's going to be second to last. He's going to introduce, uh, you know, obviously Cliff Branch, and his sister's going to go up there and talk and represent for Cliff. What will be going through your mind as you're watching?
3: I just love I just love the Hall of Fame Saturday because you get guys up there and it's just such a it, it, it's a celebration of the game and the history of the game and I love the history of the game I really do but then it's a, a celebration of these guys' stories and mm-hmm. and all these guys have such I mean every guy in the class not just Cliff but every right. guy I mean. We're going to see, you know, I mean, the, the, the Sam Mills story gets told, and, and that's an incredible yeah. one, too. And and guys like Tony Baselli, who, you know, his career was cut short. and He didn't know if he'd get in the Hall of Fame. Every guy has a story like that. Every, yep. every one of these Hall of Famers, especially with this class, and Bryant Young, it cracked his leg in two, basically. When he was 26 years old, no, he didn't know he was going to play again. He ended up playing, uh, I think, nine more years after that, and ended right. up in the Hall of Fame. So when Cliff, is when you know, he's getting presented and all that kind of stuff, all these speeches—it's just just remarkable, like journey these guys have had. I mean, to get to that—I mean, how? What are we up to? Two hundred eighty-nine Hall of Famers. I'm probably way off on that number, but three you know, sixty-two really, really, to be
1: exact. Three okay, well, up to
3: three sixty-two. I'm sorry, I was way off. I knew I was way off. <laughs> and, but you know, it's like it's like you really think about it. How many men have played NFL football? That only oh, three sixty-two are in that Hall of Fame, and it's. It's, just, it's it's such a hard thing to get to that point, and it's such a remarkable accomplishment. And I love seeing the emotions come out. You don't think Vermeule's going to be emotional when he gets yes. up there and stuff like that. So I just love Hall of Fame Saturday just because. It's the, the culmination of this incredible journey for these guys, and some guys like Cliff, who he probably never thought he'd get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you wait that long, and I, right. you hear that from guys all the time that say, "I didn't, I just gave up. I, I didn't. I, they passed on me, however many times. I didn't think I was going to get in." And are a lot of stories like that in this class of guys who got passed over for a long time. Cliff being one of them, and I'm sure just a, a you know kind of a, a remarkable. Culmination of of everything for his family, for Mark Davis, for the Raiders fans who understood what he meant to the game. It's just a, it's unfortunate that it had to happen now, under not you know five years ago, obviously for right. Cliff Branch, but glad for his family and for the Raiders and everybody that that you know he's he's finally in, and he probably never thought he'd he probably never thought by the time he passed, unfortunately, that this day would ever happen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't think he thought that this day was going to happen just because, again, like you mentioned, he been passed up so many times. I'm glad you brought up the emotions of Saturday because I don't know if you're like me, but somehow, I don't know how, but onions end up around my face every <laughs> single time, and all of a sudden I get a little watery every single year, even when I tell myself, okay, there's no reason for me to get emotional this weekend, it always ends up happening because of those stories that you, you were talking about. They tell a story, they, they honor somebody. They'll say something. It's a trigger word or something. All of a sudden, the onions pop up in my face, and I just I can't help myself.
3: <laughs> yeah, it just it's funny how that happens. It happens around here too. But yeah, and especially for the guys who aren't here to see it. Again, Sam yep. Mills, Cliff Branch, a Stabler when he got in. Like that. Right. That's the really hard part is where you wish these guys could have really celebrated it when they were alive. But it's still for their family, for the for the franchises. It's just a great, great day and an unbelievable honor. And you're right, yeah, when, they, when these guys are up there telling their stories and thanking everybody and seeing the, the crowd, you know, the families and all that, it's, yeah, it, it's a heck of an emotional day, there's no doubt.
1: It is. It really is. Well, Frank, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. What do you got coming out on Yahoo.com that we need to be on the lookout for?
3: Hey, you know, uh, power rankings coming out tomorrow because we got a season, we got a game tomorrow. Yes. We got a a uh, football game. And I'll tell you this: I, Would you? I, I forgot that you were already in Canton, and when you start talking about Canton, I've been there twice. And anybody who hasn't been, go. Go yes. to Canton, Ohio. You are a yes. football fan. My goodness, that place is magical. The Hall of Fame is awesome, and it's—I'm jealous. I'm jealous you're there, and I'm <laughs> not because any time I've been able to go to Canton, it's been just—it's just—it's an unbelievable experience, and everybody should—everybody should do it at least once.
1: No doubt. I've been saying that for the longest. I agree with you 100. percent Well, Frank, again, thank you so much for your time. Really good piece that you put out on Cliff, and uh, thank, like I said, thanks for joining the show and sharing it with us.
3: Absolutely, yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Alright, there he goes. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. That's Yahoo S-C-H-W-A-B. You want to check out his piece that he has on Cliff Branch. Cliff Branch finally gets due one of the NFL's great deep threats. Finally, uh fi- wait, hold on, where did I I don't know where I did with the rest. Ah, my bad. <laughs> I me- I messed it up! <laughs> my fault. It was a good it was a good one, and then I couldn't read my own handwriting, so uh there you go. Uh Oh, yeah, there you go. One of NFL's great deep threats. That's what it was. My bad. I messed up the rest of it. But anyway, you can go check it out. Uh, you can find it on his Twitter page as well, uh, at Yahoo Schwab. And uh, thank him for his time here on uh, NSA Roughness, radio Nation Radio 920. 247 is the time. We'll come back. Close out hour number one. Hit us up with your text and your call. 702-365-9200. Raider Nation, I really want to hear from you. Dial us up, man. Let it rip. Fire things up. 702-365-9200. We're in Canton, Ohio right now, thanks to Subaru in Las Vegas. We are celebrating the life and times of Cliff Branch. We are celebrating him going into the pro football hall of fame what message do you want us to pass along to his family man let it rip let us know about it this is radio Nation radio 920
2: it'll be really a uh an experience you know and surreal is probably a good word for it um you know thinking that you know he was he was coaching me and correcting me and calling plays for me you know many many years ago and my brother then played after myself and uh, my family has spent a lot of nights there And, you know, so it's a special place for us um, and looking forward to having a special night, hopefully on Thursday.
0: And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio, for more Unnecessary
1: Roughness with your boy Q. Throughout the question, if you had an opportunity to pass along a message to the Branch family, what would it be? Hit us up, 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know what that message would be to the Branch family. Try to pass that along. I'm trying to get his uh, nephew, Zachariah, onto the show sometime this week. You'll hear my conversation I had with Cliff Branch from a few years back. You'll hear that sometime this week. I mean, I'm going to go all in on Cliff Branch, Cliff Branch, Cliff Branch. I'm going to go heavy on Cliff Branch because, well, he deserves to be celebrated in a major way for everything he did for the organization, for everything that he was, as a member of the Raiders, as everything he did for Raider Nation. How many times did, have we heard people call in and say, man, I saw Cliff over at Walmart, or I saw Cliff here, and he was signing autographs, and he showed me his rings, and he took a picture with me, and he didn't rush me off. How many times have we heard that? We've heard that so many times. And the reason I say that is because that means that it's genuine. It's not like it was a one-off thing or, oh, you just caught him on a good day. No, it's just who he was. Right, He was that guy that embraced you and you know, loved being a Raider and loved Raider Nation and you know, just loved to be uh, out there on the grind and, and be going you know, place to place, signing autographs. I mean, that's who he was genuinely. You know I told the story just the other day when I had reached out to Cliff to try to get an interview with him and could never get a hold of him, and I just kind of, oh, well, it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden he hit me back. He's like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> you know, it gave me as much time as I wanted. It was just incredible. I mean, what a, what a great guy. And, and, you know, you'll hear that interview sometime this week. And, and the thing about it is you, you could tell that he didn't think that this day was going to come. And, unfortunately, you know, he, he's not here to embrace it himself. But I guarantee his family. I guarantee Mark Davis. I guarantee, uh, you know, all the former Raiders that are here. And there's plenty of them, including, as I mentioned, former Raider linebacker Jerry Robinson, who I was on the plane with. And uh, Jerry, Jerry said, man – we used to give Cliff such a bad time because not only were him and Mark Davis like best friends, he said he, they, used to call, they used to call Cliff Cliff Davis. <laughs> you know, he always said, he's like, man, we used to always give him a bad time. Hey, Cliff Davis, that's how close they were. You know, and he said, man, that guy was something special. He started talking about Van McElroy. We started talking about him being on the show yesterday. I mean, we just – we had some really good conversations. And he said, and I'll tell you, Q, the day – that we all found out. We had just celebrated Cliff's birthday, and Cliff's birthday was just the other day. You know, he said, we just celebrated Cliff's birthday, and then we found out, and it was Hall of Fame weekend, obviously, that he passed away. He's like, man, if you could have seen the look on Mark's face when we found that out. And it, he said it was just heartbreaking. And that, that was just, man. And it was so crazy. And, DeMond, you're going to crack up about this. I spent so much time talking and walking with Jerry Robinson I never even thought about doing an interview or getting them for the show. I just was having a good, fun, genuine conversation, and I wasn't even worried about, you know, like work stuff. You know, hey, let's get this guy on the, on the show to talk, tell these stories. But just him talking with me and sharing as much time and knowledge with me as he had, uh, you know, just like I said, walking well, from, on the plane first and then walking from the plane all the way down to the baggage claim waiting for our bags, that was, that was special in itself. And sometimes, uh, you know, you just don't even think about interviews. I'll say this, a side note. I thought this Dodge Ram was about to rent, uh, drive through the hotel hotel the window right here. <laughs> this big old Dodge Ram dually, man, just came rolling up. And I was like, oh, damn, it's going down. But it didn't. Let's go out real quick to the Rare Nation listening line and talk to our guy. Raider right back. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Hey, what's up, man? I'm glad you, you made it safe. Everybody out there ready to go. Um, last time I was out there because my son went to Akron, so – I nice. went to the Hall of Fame. I was part of their, um, you know, recruit thing is taking the, taking the recruits to um, there. And also I went for Tim Brown in 2015. Nice. See, um, um, what I would say to um, to the family, I would tell them if I, I was in front of them, I would tell them, hey, you were part of this. You, you got Cliff into the Hall of Fame, all your sacrifices and taking him to practice and, uh, you know, just going to the game and supporting him. Uh, I think that, that, that's what I would say to them.
1: That's big. That's big right there. A lot of times we forget that, but that's big. Great, great stuff, man. Great stuff. Great call. Uh, yeah, that's something that, you know, salute to the family, right? Because, again, and I've said this the other day, that, you know, behind every great person, no matter what you did, there's someone that's got your back. Someone's got your back and held you down. Uh, regardless, no matter how much talent you have, no matter how hard you work, there is always somebody that held you down and had your back to to allow you to go and be, you know, the person that you are today. And I say this about the wife all the time. You know, like, I, I'm so busy working all the time, she just takes control of everything, like everything else, and just says, just go do you. Do what you do, and don't worry, we got this covered. I got this. And it's just, it's so, it's such a, uh, it's so relaxing and comforting to know that you got someone that's handling business where I don't have to be like hovering over every situation or worried and stressed about every situation. And, you know, me and, and, and my life is completely different than any of these players and what they're doing at a high level. But point is there's always someone that has your back that you have to remember to, th- to give thanks to because, you know, w- without that special person or people, it's not always just one person. A lot of times it's multiple people, you know, and, and I've had multiple people in my life that has helped me get to where I'm at. Uh, I wouldn't be the person I am today without them. So uh, that's a great call, Raider Mac Thanks so much for that. 2.58 is the time. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number two of the show, and it's funny you mentioned getting here safe. How about I tell you about the plane trip experience that I had because anyone who's been listening to me for any amount of time knows that none of my plane trips are ever just, you know, smooth sailing. And oh by the way, remember last year's hotel that I was supposed to stay at when I was in Canton, Ohio? <laughs> I'll tell you about that place too. As we kick off hour number 2, this is Red Nation Radio 920.